0: Canada, the conspiracy show with Richard Sarah Thanks for inviting me into your home, uh, your RV, your long haul truck, and your taxi. Uh, I want to say uh, I want to say a special hello to the taxi drivers, uh, great supporters of the program, and uh, I appreciate hearing from you as well. All of you listening in on our flagship station, AM seven forty Zoom Radio in Toronto, fifty thousand watts of truth and love which, thanks to uh, some atmospheric skip and uh, primarily it being the largest broadcast footprint in North America, uh, can be heard from northern Ontario all the way south to the Carolinas and from Maine to Minnesota and all parts in between. All of you listening in on one of our 30-plus affiliates stateside. Special thanks to Chris Whitting and his team at Syndication Networks, all of you listening in on the podcast from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TalkZone.com, or streaming us live on ZoomerRadio.ca. However, and wherever you're listening, welcome and God bless you. Uh, Next week on the program, a special guest host, our contest winner from Follow the Truth 2 back in November in Oshawa, Richard Astley will be uh, with me in studio. Richard also got to help book the show. And Richard wanted to do a show on Bigfoot. Uh, so we've got Melba Ketchum, uh, who will be with us to discuss her DNA analysis, she says, proves the existence of Sasquatch. Uh, also, Richard uh, Astley requested a show about the legendary director Stanley Kubrick. So uh, Jay Widener, uh will be here to talk about Kubrick. Uh, that's next week on The Conspiracy Show. Make sure to tune in now. Uh, I think next week we'll also be ready to do the official unveil of The Conspiracy Show app. And hopefully we'll uh, cajole uh, Sharon Forster uh, to join us for a few minutes. She's the, uh, the designer of the app. And uh, she's shy, but she's just brilliant and she's done a great job with this app. Uh, it'll be available for both iPhone and uh, Android through the iTunes Store and Google Play. Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, joins us at the bottom of the hour for our Paranormal News Roundup. It's been a while since Rosemary's been with us. Uh, she's, she's been very busy with conferences around the, uh, the continent, uh, but we finally hooked up, and tonight is the night. Uh, Gary Freund is the host of a very popular podcast out of uh, southern Ontario called Conspiracy Café. And he's been on this program a number of times uh, to discuss everything from the German Wings plane crash uh, and the shooting incident up on uh, Parliament Hill in Ottawa last year. Uh, George is a very unique broadcaster and researcher in that most of what he talks about is his own original investigative work. It's not derivative. He does does the legwork. He digs deep and uncovers things most everybody else seems to overlook. Uh, And that makes him a very rare commodity and a very useful resource. And uh, to top it off, uh, he's a hell of a nice guy. Uh, But recently, uh, George has been having a very difficult time. He has lost his longtime partner, girlfriend, soulmate, love of his life. Uh, She didn't pass away, thank God. He didn't lose her to another man. Uh, She didn't run off and, and join a commune. No, she joined a UFO cult. It's not the uh, order of the Solar Temple or the Raelians or some offshoot of Heaven's Gate, uh, something else entirely. And he's here to share with us what happened, how his partner of nine years got swept up in this thing. Hey, George, how are you? Oh, good, thanks. Well, you, you've got a, a pretty good attitude considering what you've been through. Um, let's let's start off with uh, explaining what ha- what you have been through. You you have a uh, had a, a long term. A partner um, that essentially you have lost to a UFO cult. Is that correct?
1: Uh, in a nutshell, it's uh, you know we're barking up different trees uh, more or less, and uh, you know I just look at them pretty much as what's described in the Bible: the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, and they're two separate and distinct trees. And the tree of knowledge is very tempting, and it lures people to all sorts of exciting things that. Uh, you know, stimulate your mind and uh, want to lead you down a trail, but uh, I understand that as a as a very false trail. Uh, you know, right from my youth, that the ultimate uh, serpent in the tree of life is Satan, and you know, in the original Hebrew, that's Chetan, and uh, you know, so I take a lot of the things that come from the tree of life with a grain of salt, especially sure. when they spoil or poison things and uh, turn you away from. The ultimate divining rod logic.
0: Well, let's let's back up. Um, uh, uh, let's describe. Uh, this is a, a lady friend uh, that you had known or have known for some time, and what happened?
1: Uh, well, she just got more and more involved with uh, you know a lot of people that uh, basically espouse what I would say are false doctrines on the internet, and really start to believe them. And like most people who are, are fraudulent or you know pushing something. Uh, A certain way, they're telling you everything you want to hear. And that's, uh, you know, one of the major warning signs you're dealing with a fraud as opposed to truth. Because truth is painful. And you know right away when you get a truth, it's, you know, it can jar you right down to your soul. But part of it's a learning curve. And, uh, you know, we still communicate and such like that. But, uh, you know, by and large, uh, that's not a path I'm going to go down, uh, you know. To start looking, that I'm transcending into a light being and uh, you know moving away from the earth and getting away from the three-dimensional sphere of uh, human reality and such like that.
0: Uh, Was she going to meetings? Did she start to go to meetings? I mean, that I'm not too sure about
1: because she's retired and I'm not, and uh, you know she's got a lot of time on her hands when I'm working and such like that. So, you know, there probably are people of a similar genre that she meets and uh, communicates with. And that's all well and good, but uh, you know, it's not exactly you know, something that I partake in or would wish to partake in, so we just started moving you know, grossly down different trails.
0: Well, this is kind of an, an alien abduction of another kind, um, because you know, I, I, obviously I talk a lot about UFOs on this program. The UFO phenomenon is real. Uh, 150 million uh, people since 1947 have seen an unidentified flying object. Uh, now, what people make of that is entirely different i I have my own view and I think we share one George I mean I, I put everything through my Bible filter and and I believe we are not talking about extraterrestrials. We are talking about interdimensionals from uh, an, an angelic or uh, demonic realm. Uh, obviously a, a large I believe a large uh, proportion or a large portion of of UFO sightings are advanced. You know, sort of black ops weaponry. Um, but uh, what is it that your ex, if I can call her that, what is her view of uh, after going or being lured into this saucer religion, if I can call it that? What is her view of the uh, the ET or UFO phenomenon?
1: Well, by and large, it's more of a of a new age religion, light energy philosophy, where the Earth is moving through uh, a different field. She calls it the photon belt and it's raising frequency of people and changing them inside, and that this manifestation or change is going to such a degree that it's actually changing the makeup of your body to go from a carbon-based life form to a silicon-based life form. And I'm quite the skeptic, you know, show me a tissue sample and, (laughs) uh, you know, Let's put it to the test. The other thing is if we're transiting uh we're all on the same sphere where if we're transiting some uh, you know belt of photon that's raising frequency, it's like if you and I go outside on a cold January day, we have to feel the cold. If one feels the cold and the other one doesn't feel the cold, well it's probably not logical and it's we're not getting exactly what we're being sold uh, unless you come to me with frostbite and then you know you can show me that it's cold and maybe I'm mistaken for thinking that way. And uh, you know so when everything goes to the logic test, or you know I guess some people would call it the smell test, I see a lot of it as uh, as a failure and uh, as I look deeper into uh, you know the light being philosophy and, and it 's almost like a religion, and uh, a lot of it is very negative. it goes to uh, you know people that uh, think that they 're rising to a, a higher superior form of life than us poor three dimensional beings and to, uh to benefit the world they would actually want to eliminate what they call defective seeds and i was quite shocked to read about a battalion fighting in the ukraine that actually has this belief 700 men who are devoted to slaughtering the enemy because they're defective seeds and they're going to bring in some new angelic master race life form and uh you know i think your forefathers and mine understood very clearly about the you know, the master race philosophy and fought it sure. tooth and nail. Absolutely. And so even though I saw, you know, many uh, symbols in some of the videos about the uh, the light being philosophy, a lot of it was, you know, Nazi symbols, because they aspired to the uh, the Nordic races as a superior race of light beings taking over the world.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And, uh, you know, so as soon as I see symbolism like that, I'll just say, like, you lost me. <laughs> There's there's no way that uh, I could see this as a benefit to humanity, and by and large, I look at the uh, the tree of life as we understand it, and that's some of the things I uh, communicate with. There is we if we look at the original Hebrew of some of the major words in Genesis, it tells a very distinct story of what is and what is not. So some of the root words you get into Jehovah means Adam and Eve, and that means male and Eve is womb, female, and Elohim is plural of God, not a singular form. And just looking at those four words tells you a big story. So when you say plural, you're talking God and Mrs. God. Of course, the tree of life, the creation, the genesis. And uh, these people teach you that your body is somehow evil or foul, which exactly Satan would want to teach you, because we're created in God's image and he's on the other side. All right, George,
0: we've got to take a time out here uh we'll come back and um continue to discuss how uh you have essentially lost uh someone who is very dear to you uh, to a a UFO or a saucer religion if they've been called and um we'll continue to delve into this i guess it's kind of a a warning uh, perhaps to people out there listening some may not want to hear this message some may may actually uh concur with your ex's uh viewpoint but we'll discuss right here On The Conspiracy Show with George Freund. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us.
2: I'm Steve Sidkowski, a former Wall Street insider. I'm holding a book that will show you investing strategies which could help you earn the kind of money you've always dreamed about. And right now I'm giving this book away for free. So who needs to read it? If you're in the middle of your career and worry you'll never have enough money to retire, you need to read this book. If you're already retired and your income isn't enough, you need to read this book. And if you don't want to be selling burgers at 80, you need to read this free book. It includes the strategy I use to make a 72% profit on a trade where the stock only moved 12%. You'll need at least a million dollars to ever fully retire. If you're behind on that goal, you really need to read Trade Like the Pros. And you can for free by calling 1-800-947-1516. Skeptical that it will deliver results? It's a free book, so what do you have to lose? Find out how at 1-800-947-1516. (sighs) 1-800-947-1516.
3: What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep?
2: Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst.
3: Heartburn? Again?
2: Yeah, I'm done with it.
3: I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Unlike Tums, new Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for combined powerful relief of your worst symptoms of heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with new Rolades Advanced. If you want to register your own .com and are looking for a responsible, sustainable, high-quality domain name registrar, then look at PearNick.com. Paranic includes a ton of value-added services like a parking page, who is privacy, dynamic DNS, and much more with every domain name registration at no extra cost. Not many companies can say that. So give Paranic.com a try today. P-A-I-R-N-I-C dot com. When in doubt, Blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett.
0: We're back with George Freund, of course, uh, the um, the host of a very popular podcast, Conspiracy Cafe, and he uh, drops by this program from time to time, and uh, we're very glad to have him. But this is kind of a sad occasion. George reached out to me, uh, oh, about a, a month ago, uh, to tell me that he had uh, lost someone very dear to him, uh, to a, um, a UFO cult. Now, uh, I think I know what this this uh this cult might be and we have to we have to be very careful here <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge but it, it it's is it anything like the uh, I'm I'm thinking back to the uh the Solar Temple cult uh, or the Order of the Solar Temple of course which ended very badly in Quebec a number of years ago and then of course we had um the Heaven's Gates um uh, cult which also ended very badly I mean we were talking about uh, you know suicides here uh is is it anything like that? I mean, are they are they waiting to be to be uh, you know taken up into a mothership, and are they and are they prepared to you know to do whatever?
1: Well, I think they're prepared to ascend into a higher spiritual realm and leave you know their earthly bodies and an earthly existence behind. And you know sometimes I've heard you know like the word three dimensional used as a negative uh, context. But in a way, you know, three dimensions are four dimensions, because the fourth dimension is time. Correct. So we're here with time anyway, so we're really in a four-dimensional moving object. And uh, this experience in flesh and blood is something to be enjoyed and relished and cherished and appreciated. That uh, we are, have life given to us, and we give life to the next generation, and we carry on. And uh this is the experience and we ascend in my belief is would be after we pass away. We ascend to whatever uh realm or dimension our souls may go to. And uh but this isn't something you do in the physical being here and now, that that's just a lie, it's a deception to take you away. Uh and I believe maybe to some extent uh people have worked on her a little extra hard because uh, you know, she was my right hand uh uh, you know, soulmate uh, beyond belief, uh, and spiritual partner in dealing with a lot of things, uh, you know, research and uh, you know, just that you, you just couldn't ask for anything better. It's just like you were Siamese twins. How the, long were
0: you together, George? Uh,
1: up close to nine years.
0: Nine years. And and when 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 uh, did it sort of dissolve completely?
1: Um, I wouldn't say you know, like say we still keep in touch and such like that, uh, but when you're involved in a cult and you have to deprogram someone or try to uh, bring up points, you can't be emotionally involved with someone, and that's the hard part for me is to turn everything off and then just deal logically with the facts that are before us but uh, there was she was probably involved in uh, you know the light being understanding or hoping for a better human consciousness all the time I've known her, but it became a point now where you know you have to separate and follow the energy as opposed to dealing with human beings here on land and uh... you know that just makes a bigger and bigger gap and my mistake was uh... when you're dealing with someone who's involved in a cult it would probably be you know to take a time outbreak or a breathing space and that just gives them a chance to expand like a disease and take up the the space you left behind it should have been more that you know you saturate the person with uh, love and kindness and understanding and give them another place to uh, to focus on and break the spell of the of you know basically what I look at as a cult most of what they put together in videos are very slick it's like a mind control operation and uh and I turn off to that stuff because I program my own mind my grandfather taught me from you know my earliest years if there's anything you're going to do, George, think for yourself. Don't ever let anybody else do your thinking for you. And uh, I'd have to say that's probably one of the most important rules a parent could ever teach a child is to be uh, challenging and independent and to think for themselves and to weigh what you're told. Uh, and logic is the best test. If it doesn't uh, stand logic, well, it can't be true. And uh, then, of course, if it's not true, you turn away from it and uh, and move into something else. And that's where... You said it uh, earlier, where you can use scripture or some of the ancient texts we have as a compass to say, well, how does it fit? How does it mesh? And uh, are we being sold something that uh, is bizarre? And cults come in many levels, and usually there's an outside of, you know, happy-go-lucky people that are used almost as camouflage for the inner portions. And these uh, inner portions uh, can be totally despicable and evil. And, you know, as soon as I've ever come across words that say, There's defective seeds or cancerous people. I know right away. I'm dealing with that serpent guy on the tree of knowledge. Right.
0: But you know, uh, I am. um, It never ceases to to amaze me how many in the UFO community and it's uh, there's a there is a schism there. It it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in if you're in the Bigfoot community, if you're talking about nine eleven. There's always a schism. There are two camps usually at least, and in the UFO community. Uh, there are, maybe there are three c- camps in the UFO community. There are the people that are like the MUFON people who believe, okay, we're seeing something, 147 million ca- people can't be wrong. What is it? We don't know. We're tracking it. We're cataloging it. We're recording it. Then there are the people uh, who are perhaps like your um, your former partner who believe that these ETs are highly uh, enlightened technologically and spiritually and they are here to save us from ourselves. Uh, we are, uh, you know, uh, we humans were, uh, were placed here by the aliens. We are the seed. We are some sort of a genetic mutation, perhaps. The ancient alien or ancient astronaut theory. Uh, but they are coming back to save us from ourselves. They have the, can- the cure for cancer. They have free energy uh, and all of this. And then there are uh, people like you, George, and myself, who, who believe there's something far more sinister going on. Um, but I have a sense, an eerie feeling, uh, that the camp that your girlfriend now uh, unfortunately belongs to is winning. They are the majority. What do you think?
1: Well, that's uh, very much by and large true. And uh, because ultimately, as you know, our book carries on, there, there's an ending. And, uh, you know, one of the other philosophies of the light beings is uh, that there's a Maitreya or a Mahdi in Islam that uh, is going to bring on a new world order. A lot of what they talk about is uh, world government that goes way back, even to British intelligence and you know, right back to Queen Elizabeth the That there was uh, this uh, you know force or energy that they would master. There was competition between the Germanic kings and the Pope. And the uh, the royal family in England, and uh, you know these people wrote very very sternly on matters like that, like Sir Francis Bacon, and uh, you know all the way up to Mister Balfour in the in the more modern era, that they believed in this uh, material and they expected this. One of the writings that uh, you know shocked me when we look at the uh, you know the modern era is we see Islam and the New Age will merge into one religion in the end times from one of their uh, writings. Well, what is that now, Richard? Is that ISIS? Why would a Muslim sect call itself after, you know, a goddess of light? Uh, that the Egyptian be, goddess
0: the Isis, that's right.
1: You know, it just doesn't make any sense that if you were really a fundamental Islamic person that you would use a false goddess as the name of uh, of your, your being. So I look at them, uh, you know, why would they pick this as... Uh, I believe that this is like the the Mahdi's end-time army to kill the Christians and pure Jews and uh, Islamic people. They seem to have a major hate on for them. And uh, they're very active, and it doesn't seem like we're effectively trying to put them out of business. And it's almost like we're greasing the wheels to help them succeed by letting Larry Curley and Mo do our military strategy so that they can advance everywhere they go with made-in-America weapons.
0: George Freund is with us, a host of a very popular... Uh, podcast conspiracy cafe uh we were talking about his um, his former uh girlfriend the love of his life who has he believes been uh, taken by a a ufo uh religious cult and uh, you mentioned the new world order and if you listen to uh, a lot of uh, people even in the disclosure movement those are those are the people that are you know trying to pressure governments to to come clean about what they know about the uFO phenomenon which i i, I mean I have no problem with that there is something going on governments are keeping it a secret uh, however um, what what you hear the subtext is what many of them are saying is before we can be welcomed into the cosmic neighborhood, or to become a full-fledged member of the the cosmic neighborhood with our E.T. brothers out there, we have to come together here on Earth, which is, again, another way of saying, we've got to dissolve the nation-state. We have to become one world, a one-world government, which to me is just untenable. But but however, that is what they believe, George.
1: Yes, but it defies economic logic. In economics, one of the most primary laws of economics is the economy of scale. And uh, so we can run little factories and they're very successful, but when we put them together into one giant monolithic world corporation, it falls apart because we break the rule of the economy of scale and we become counterproductive and implode on upon ourselves. And any world government can be the same uh, thing. There's just no way you could put so many diverse things together under one roof and uh, expect it to survive. And you could have 50, 60 small, very successful independent nations even very different, but meeting together to do trade and exchange ideas and go home and be separate and distinct, but to be very successful and uh, i th- this uh, idea of a, of a one world government or one world anything or a one unified master state is totally illogical, and it seems to be something more akin to human weakness to make bigger. Uh, so it's better, and that's generally not been the case. Especially when it's done unnaturally by force, trick, or coercion, then you can't have a successful state because you don't have, uh, you know, a real build up to a working, functioning infrastructure. It's coerced, and anything that's coerced or cheated or forced is bound to fall apart. It always has. It always will. Do
0: you have any hope of of um, getting your 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 partner back from this cult?
1: Well, it's difficult to say. We could be reading from the same book. Maybe I'm reading from the beginning to the end and she's reading from the back to the front and then somewhere down the line we'll be on the same page. The big thing is, is this is a, a crisis year. By looking at a lot of the tea leaves that are coming out, whether it be the fact that it's a financial uh, collapse coming, armies are massed on the world playing games that we haven't seen since, you know, Dr. Strangelove and the 60s or 50s, uh, when everybody's uh, lined up to push buttons and slaughter the planet Earth, uh, this could be a very dynamic year. And uh, part of what really frightens me about this year is it almost seems like our leaders want to start a, fo- a fight or a war with Russia, and hoping that uh, you know, somehow they can beat them. That was one of the things I've learned from a Russian general who was speaking on missile defense. Missile defense isn't a first-strike weapon defense. It's for the second strike. We launch everything we have on Russia, hopefully wipe out most of it, and what little they have left will be taken out by missile defense. Well, now I can see why Russia doesn't like it too much, because that means I'm going to shoot you first. And, uh, and part of you know, having some sort of detente, or, or even to aspire to be a world government, how can you hate one other side in, a, in basically a financial system, and want to expose them to destruction, and say that somehow you represent uh, a greater or higher ideal—that's is completely opposite to what uh, you're, you're
0: supposed to be standing for. Well, George, uh, listen. I um, I wish you all the best. Uh, I hope somehow that you can uh, you can uh, take your your lady friend back from the clutches of this this UFO cult. They are they are legion, unfortunately.
1: Yes. Well, that's even one of the things too. Quickly, is just to mention about the Tower of Babel. In its original Hebrew, Babel meant gate to God, and that's what they were doing: is they were trying to, uh, you know, act as light beings to assess the angels or acquire the angels. And we know what happened there: that was the ultimate in destruction. And uh, so, obviously, we're going down a wrong trail if we think that uh, by aspiring to these light beings, we're somehow illuminating ourselves or or getting into something better. It's uh, it's not there at all. We use the power of prayer. And, uh, you know, we work together and cooperate with each other, and uh, that's where we're going to get.
0: Okay, George, leave us with a website where people can uh, access the podcast.
1: Oh, I'll be at www.conspiracy-cafe.com, or just Google my name, and wherever I've been, the, the trail is very long and
0: <laughs>
1: very well-traveled by many people.
0: All right, I appreciate uh, you sharing with us, George. It's a very difficult time for you, and uh, my prayers are with you. All the best. And best to you and happy birthday to your mother. Thank you so much, George Freud. All right. Bye Ro- bye. Rosemary Ellen Diley, our Paranormal News Roundup, is next right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Anyone can create a podcast on the web. In fact,
3: there are millions of them online. But if you want quality internet talk radio, just remember this address talkzone.com. TalkZone is internet talk radio for planet Earth with talented hosts, great guests, and good conversation. Ready to share your thoughts and ideas with a global audience? Become a TalkZone show host yourself. Learn more at TalkZone.com, internet talk radio for planet Earth. TalkZone.com.
2: <sighs>
3: What's the matter, honey? Can't sleep?
2: Ugh, it's this heartburn. At night, it's the worst.
3: Heartburn? Again?
2: Yeah. I'm done with it. I'm going to kick acid with
3: Rolaids. Unlike Tums, new Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for combined powerful relief of your worst symptoms of heartburn, bloating, and gas. Feeling better? Much better. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Kick acid and gas with new Rolaids Advanced. Attention, business owners. Do you know the three most critical letters in business? CEO? Uh, MBA? Uh, nope. Here's a hint. These three little letters can make the difference between making a fortune and losing everything. ROI? Uh. The answer is I-N-C, as in incorporation. Because if you're not incorporated and someone sues your business, you can lose it all. Your home, your car, even your life savings. That's why Incorporate.com is now giving away a free incorporation guide to all business owners. So you can incorporate in just 10 minutes. Protect your home. Protect your car. Protect your life savings. Call 1-800-943-6798 for your free 10-minute incorporation guide from incorporate.com. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating or forming an LLC quick and easy. Get the three little letters that can mean the difference between making a fortune and losing everything. For your free guide, call 1-800-943-6798. That's 1-800-943-6798. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard
0: Serrett. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is a full-time paranormal investigator, researcher, and the author of over 60 books on the metaphysical, supernatural, and paranormal. Her website is VisionaryLiving.com. She joins us when she can, this time every month, and after a bit of an absence, she's back here with another installment of our Paranormal News Roundup. Rosemary, how are you?
4: Well, I've been on the road a a great deal, Richard. I've been spending a lot of time out in California doing paranormal investigations, speaking at uh, Contact in the Desert, that big UFO conference, and uh, having a lot of paranormal adventures. It's been a great trip.
0: All right. I wanted to talk to you about this. Uh, there's a TV show. It's very popular over in uh, England. I think it's either on Channel Four or Sky TV, and it's called The Enfield Haunting, about a very famous haunting that took place about 35 years ago. And now, uh, some of the actors uh, on the on the series are experiencing very similar poltergeist type phenomena. What can you tell me? first of all about the history of the enfield haunting and then what's happening on the tv show
4: this is one of the most famous poltergeist cases on record and uh, one of the principal investigators in england guy leon playfair uh, is a friend of mine and i'm very familiar with his work he's a solid researcher but this is a case that started in the late 1970s and um, a single mother and her children moved into this uh, home And all this poltergeist stuff started happening, things flying around, knocking sounds. Um, Allegedly, at least one of the children levitated. And uh, as is often the case with uh, poltergeist disturbances, there's usually one person who's a focal point. In this case, it was the 11-year-old daughter, and there were three other siblings. Well, it got a lot of attention, and especially when it hit the media, uh, because the family was very distressed. And some investigators from the Society for Psychical Research went out and studied the case. And uh, after a great deal of research, uh, basically authenticated it. They said the, uh, the phenomena were genuine. However, it did come out later that the children had indeed faked some things. And their excuse was that, uh, well, they were just trying to see if the investigators could tell when something was real and and when it wasn't. This is something that we find in almost all of these famous cases, is that when the media spotlight turns on the victims, they can't seem to resist uh, faking some phenomena. And there's a great deal of pressure on them uh, to perform. The upshot is, though, uh, it was ruled uh, to be a genuine case. So now we have this TV series that's uh, recreating all of this. And uh, ironically, the the real family, they just kind of want to move on with it. Sure,
0: who wouldn't? <laughs>
4: uh, but uh, it's not unusual for... Um, uh, cast and crew to experience some of these things. This is a very weird phenomenon in the paranormal. The same thing was reported on the set of um, the Exorcist film and uh, in some of the other horror movies, that things that involve like haunted objects or demonic cases, that uh, the people involved uh, in recreating the drama will start Uh, experiencing exactly the same thing. So what's
0: going on on the set of um, the actual TV series? Uh,
4: There's a couple of explanations that could be at work. And Mm -hmm. and one is that uh, when people get really involved in uh, tuning into genuine uh, cases and recreating them, they may very well attract real spirits who decide to dip in and have some fun on their own by, uh, by creating real phenomena. Some of it also might be um, sort of uh, self-fulfilling, like auto-suggestion. You know, they get really wrapped up in the, the plot and the effects, and then uh, start e- imagining that uh, these sorts of things are happening to them. Are they shooting on location?
0: Are they shooting on location on the, same, on the same location in the same area that the original hauntings took place?
4: That I don't know. Um, the family is long gone from the uh, original house and in fact i think uh, subsequent um, residents uh said that nothing ever happened to them uh this could be uh, an unusual case where uh especially the 11 year old uh child was uh primed for uh poltergeist disturbances we see this in kids uh where there's something uh, that they generate uh, some energy some psychokinetic energy or perhaps even emotional energy that interacts with, uh, energy that's in the place or spirits and, uh, it turns into these huge poltergeist cases.
0: Well, that could be what's going on here. And, and you're right. I mean, I've read many accounts where, uh, they, they believe that, uh, young girls that are just entering puberty, there may be a connection there with poltergeist activity. Listen, we'll take a time out, Rosemary. And when we come back, we'll talk about a UFO encounter, uh, that dials back to 1968 and, uh, a, um, a, uh, the Vietnam War, uh, and an interaction with the military and, um, ET perhaps. Rosemary Ellen Guiley right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away.
3: The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play.
0: The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Rosemary Ellen Guiley and our Paranormal News Roundup. Okay, Uh, this was a a piece that uh, Lee Spiegel, who's a terrific writer, uh, who covers sort of the UFO beat for the Huffington Post. And uh, as he points out, uh, the public rarely hears about interactions between military personnel and unexplained aircraft, and that stands to reason they're not able to speak openly about it, especially during wartime. Uh, but as time goes on, these stories, these UFO stories, uh, seem see the light of day. And uh, such was the case of an event that occurred back during the Vietnam War era. And, um, well, take it away. This This goes back to 1968, Rosemary.
4: And this probably is just the tip of the iceberg. I believe that our military have had frequent interactions with unknown aerial craft If there are intelligent uh, entities visiting our planet, they, of course, would want to keep an eye on what we're doing in regards to weaponry. Now, uh, in this particular case, uh, it was an American patrol boat. Uh, This was during the Vietnam War. And they saw uh, the crew on the boat saw these two uh, circular uh, craft following them. They were in a demilitarized zone, and the craft were glowing and a second patrol boat uh, saw a similar craft. Uh, and then they saw a flash of light and an explosion that destroyed the boat. So were ETs uh, attacking our military vessels? These are the kind of reports that, of course, the military wouldn't want the public to know about, something unexplained like this. And uh, one of the principal reporters in, in this case is a man that I've known for many years, George Filer. He has uh, put out uh, a blog called Filer's Files where he um, uh does a, a report of UFO activity around the world and uh, he was an Air Force intelligence officer and he's a solid uh, man. Uh again, somebody who uh is very uh, uh, credible, uh, knows his subject and I put a lot of credence in this report. The real question here, uh, Richard, is how much more of these kinds of encounters do we not know about?
0: Oh, exactly. Uh, and impossible to determine because, uh, a lot like commercial airline pilots, uh, they are really, um, you know, forbidden to speak about these things. There is also the uh, a very famous case of a U.S. air pilot uh, in a joint exercise, I believe, with the uh, the RAF. Uh, who was ordered to fly over the English Channel and intercept a large craft, which he later described as being about the size of a U.S. air carrier in the air, uh, was told to lock his, uh, his missiles on it and, and fire, but he didn't, and it, and it quickly disappeared, I guess, but, uh, he, it, it was many, many years, uh, later until he spoke about that. So who knows? I mean, maybe through the passage of time, as many of uh, these veterans are on their, their deathbeds and they have nothing left to lose, they'll start to open up. But um, uh, you're right, this is just the tip of the
4: iceberg. And Feiler uh, said that he gave daily briefings to, uh, to a general uh, who was the deputy commander for the air operations in Vietnam. And he included some of these cases of unknown uh, craft that um, were, were engaging with, uh, you know, planes and and uh, uh, other military activities. So the top people knew very well what was going on.
0: Yeah, this is one of the first cases I've heard from sort of the southeastern Southeast Asia theater, particularly from the Vietnam era, uh, we've heard a number of cases from uh, the the Second World War, the Foo Fighters, the infamous Foo Fighters, of course, uh, right. and, and a number during the Cold War era from pilots. Uh, but to my mind, this is one of the first from the Vietnam era. Have you heard of one prior to this?
4: I have not, and that's what interested me about this case. I've heard uh, about the sightings and those uh, other uh, conflicts. Uh, but the Vietnam War, uh, things have been very quiet around uh, uh, that particular time period. So uh, maybe now that this has come out, we'll start to see more.
0: All right. Uh, to the Natural History Museum uh, we go. And a great scandal uh, involving the, uh, the firing or sacking of the museum's chief, because he claimed he had found the Loch Ness Monster. Fascinating story, Rosemary. What's up with this?
4: Well, this concerns um, uh, an official... Uh, whose name was Dennis Tucker, and this happened in the late 1950s. It was 1959 to be exact. And uh, he was a zoologist and the chief scientist for the Natural History Museum uh, in England. And uh, he made the statement that he had found the Loch Ness Monster. Now, he didn't think the monster was paranormal. He considered it to be a long-lost dinosaur, a plesiosaur, in fact and uh, that was the uh the leading theory by uh held by many researchers uh, i think loch ness is an interdimensional uh creature but anyway uh the story came out and uh, soon after that uh he was fired from his job but it seems that there was just a lot more going on with this fellow he was uh, a maverick he didn't like to uh, follow the rules and of course back then in the 1950s especially in england uh you know you you followed uh, protocols procedures you kept your place uh you didn't uh, make waves and uh, it seems like uh, he was a maverick in many regard uh regard so it uh, the loch ness case seemed to be um, the straw that broke the camel's back it was just um, one thing that uh, a very high respected scientist should not say, uh, publicly, and it caused a great deal of embarrassment, and there he was out of a job.
0: Uh, and, and yes, you're right, being, you know, totally the wrong place to have that kind of opinion because museums are among the most conservative institutions. <laughs> Uh, that exists today. Now, now um, he only died. Doctor Tucker only passed away about five years ago in France. And um, did he change his views at all about about Nessie? Uh,
4: not to my knowledge. Uh, he did consider it to be uh, like an Earth creature. Uh, he said actually that he had had his own sighting uh, in 1959. That's what led to his to his statement. And um, you know he was convinced. Uh, that it it was uh, you know some long lost dinosaur, um, and uh, he he really died in obscurity. I mean, after he lost his job, um, he tried to get reinstated, and uh, in fact he took took his Kate to court, but he didn't win, and uh, he just. Um, never recovered he never recovered in terms of status position uh back then that was a price you paid when you uh ran afoul of the establishment today society is much more forgiving uh and and people can you know resurrect themselves and uh he did did not and in fact In his later years, he felt very bitter about the way he had been treated.
0: Sure. I mean, he wrote a a letter uh, to uh, New Scientist magazine stating for the record what he witnessed as a scientist uh, back in in 1959, and and as you say, uh, died a a defeated and kind of a bitter bitter person. Uh, This leads us to a fascinating story, and it has to do with uh, Sasquatch. And uh, many people often wonder, you know, why can we never find Sasquatch, why there's never, you know, habeas corpus, bring me a body. Uh, this story about um, Sasquatch perhaps being a denizen of the underworld may explain why uh, this creature is so elusive and difficult to capture.
4: I love this story, uh, which relates Sasquatch to caves and mines, uh, because uh, this is a very strong theme in uh Creature and entity and spirit folklore throughout the ages that, um, spirits and, uh, unknown, uh, uh mysterious creatures have used subterranean, uh, passages to reach our world. And, um, I think that there's something to that because um, I find in uh, a lot of my own investigations of what I call portal areas, uh, pe- large pieces of land that have a lot of activity going on, uh, there's often an association with tunnels, mine tunnels, natural tunnels, uh, even subterranean water and underground passageways. Now, my personal theory is that these are not physical creatures who actually live underground, but they are interdimensional and they, they're tied to the earth, but they, uh, really exist in another dimension. And there's something about the earth structure, these underground passages, uh, and caves, and it may be the natural earth energy associated with them, that seem to provide these passageways into, uh, into our uh, physical reality. So many uh, spirits associated with this and and uh, other creatures in fact we have the entire hollow earth theory that uh, the earth really is hollow on the inside, maybe it is interdimensionally and is populated by uh, all manner of beings
0: well i I don't know about you rosemary, but I don't think I'd want to grab a, a lantern and go um, spelunking you know in that labyrinth of the mammoth cave system for example in Kentucky looking for a ten foot hairy creature
4: (laughs) it could be rather frightening now years ago i did some investigations in the mount shasta area which is famous for all kinds of encounters and experiences Uh, there are caves there uh, around the mountain and there's one famous one called the pluto cave and it is associated with et's and mysterious entities Uh, and you can go quite deep into the cave. So people have uh, been known to uh, actually sleep over in the cave, hoping to have some sort of experience. And I did some exploring in the cave. did not stay uh, overnight, but I did quite a bit of exploring in the cave, and it was pretty creepy. I can see how people uh, might have experiences there, and I can also see how uh, such a fissure in the earth uh, it goes way, way uh, back. It's quite deep. Uh, could be uh, a bona fide, genuine passageway for interdimensional beings.
0: All right, Rosemary, always a pleasure. We should mention the website where you have um, your your bookstore, for example, about 60 books and counting, and that's VisionaryLiving.com. Be well and talk soon.
4: Thank you, Richard.
0: All right. Good night. Good night. Rosemary Ellen Giley, back next week. Thanks to Tim Spreen for uh, production, Albert the intern. Hope you'll be around for next week. It'll be a good one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.